0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Spicier Than the Rappi, the podcast where we talk about polyamory, ethical non-monogamy, communication, neurodiversity, kink.
1: And all of the wonderful things that we think go into making a healthy, loving relationship.
0: Hey, twin, what are we going to do today?
1: The same thing we do every day, my love try to take over the interwebs.
0: Fuck yeah, always taking over the, over the interwebs. It's what we do. We do it with style, with panache, maybe with some alacrity. Who can know these things? Who can know anything at all, really? So what what are we going to be covering today there, twinest of peaks?
1: <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about tough polytopics. We're going to be specifically discussing questions, um, commentary, things that we've seen in like our comment section or in Facebook groups, and just kind of the little harder things to deal with. This is not going to be a beginner level conversation. This is going to be like, hey, I've been practicing poly for five years and this gnarly situation came up. What do you think I should do? Or Yeah, We're going to be discussing some comments that have been left that discount personal responsibility and different things like that.
0: Yeah, so this is not the Newbie Polly episode. If you are just, and you can hear Todd playing on her, uh, stand in the back Um, but if you're just you know new to polyamory or you're just starting out with our podcast this is probably not the episode to start on go back and listen to introductory polyamory how we polyamory advanced polyamory we're getting into some uh some heavier questions some tougher questions and some questions that require so much nuance like there's no one easy answer no yes or no answer Exactly. Everything is nuanced.
1: And on top of that, we're joined today by our TikTok audience. Hey. Hi, everybody.
0: <laughs> the TikTok. Even Todd said hello. <laughs> right. Man, I really hope the mic picks up Todd back there talking. Uh,
1: yeah, we're going to be, we've got a live going. So I'm going to be talking and taking, talking to and taking questions from our TikTok live comment section. So hi, everyone. Hello. Um, and then we'll be answering those as we get in.
0: And we get so many questions uh, on our TikTok videos, and we've started getting more and more questions via email. So as you're listening to this, remember, if you have a question on kink or polyamory or anything like that, you can always drop us an email at spicierthantherapy at com. We try, we really, really try to answer every question that we get. We don't always succeed. And sometimes it takes three to five business years for us to respond. Well, me. I was about to. Say. Yeah, it's kind of a. <laughs> that's kind of a me thing. I was
1: gonna say, if you get a response from our spicier. It's twin. Gravy, It's most likely me. Just
0: I've like responded that. to probably a solid three people on on the email account.
1: I'm so proud of you. All. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm doing a really really good job, y'all. <laughs> Well, let's let's jump into the questions because we've had some really heavy ones uh, come up lately. Oh, go ahead, Tony. and what you Caitlin
1: got? had a really, really good one that's going to kick us off in a really positive oh, way. Oh, okay. Um, so no
0: time to prep for this one. Let's go.
1: I know this is actually a really good one. And fuck it's yeah. One that I have personal experience with. So, um, okay. Anal. There we go.
0: that's not a question that's more of a statement (laughs) we were
1: talking tough poly topics yeah um so caitlin asked what if you've been poly for a while with a monogamous partner and they were on board at first but suddenly aren't now
0: ah sounds like a partner was trying out polyamory or ethical non-monogamy for you and found it wasn't really a, a thing for them which is okay
1: Yeah. Well, um, to be fair.
0: uh, To be fair. Oh, God damn it. it. Letter Kenny. Shout out, Letter Kenny. Yeah.
1: So, to be fair, polyamorous people. So, to be fair, poly and monogamous people can absolutely be in relationships together. They can work. I want to lead with that. That said, (laughs) I don't have a whole lot of faith or hope for poly and monogamous relationships because so often situations like this come up. Um, that's why we see a lot of like one penis policies kind of come up, right? Um, the best thing I can tell you as far as your monogamous partner goes is to try to find a counselor who is non-monogamy friendly Um, who is going to be supportive of both partners, who equally supportive of both partners, you know, because as long as everybody is participating in a healthy, consensual way, there's nothing wrong with like one partner being monogamous and one partner being poly. But once you start having one partner or another, because this could go either direction, start trying to control the other person's behavior or, you know, activities, we'll say. That's when you start eking into the unhealthy domain. So yeah. my, my biggest piece of advice would be just to try and find a counselor that can help you, some objective third party that can help you navigate that together in a healthy loving way
0: and we've done some videos on polydiscordance is kind of what it's called when one partner is is polyamorous and the other is monogamous and it can work like I, I just want to level set that same as twin said it is possible. It takes an exorbitant amount of communication and work. For that to be done in a healthy way. Not saying it can't be done. Just the likelihood that it's going to be done well and in a healthy manner requires a lot of work. And so that likelihood is lower, right? We've seen it done. We've absolutely seen it done with varying degrees of success. But just like Twin said, it's it's something that you're going to need to openly and honestly discuss with your partner or mm-hmm. partner's. And potentially a therapist, because what a lot of what we see a lot of is you know, one partner is ethically non monogamous, the other isn't, but cares so much about the other partner that they're willing to try, right? And
1: they sometimes put themselves into a situation that they're not comfortable with. Exactly,
0: because not everybody is built for polyamory, for lack of a better term, right? It's not for everyone, and that's okay. Everyone is free to practice whatever relationship style that they feel is best suits them and that they're most comfortable with and polyamory or ethical non-monogamy is not going to be that for some people and that's fine but it's when the problems that i see twin is when people start lying to themselves Mm -hmm. about being polyamorous yeah i'm polyamorous and then they get into a scenario where you can tell that they're uncomfortable and they don't quite have the language or the communication skills in order to discuss that with their partner,
1: right? And Caitlin is giving a little more context um, in the comments here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mediate this just a little bit, only because I want to try and keep this as broad as possible. Uh, but I do see your comments, and I do want to note that, like, especially in your case, um, it's very important to understand why. The sudden change is coming on. Um Caitlin specifically gave the example of like it was a it was a kink thing for them to share. He was a cuck. Right. We love cucks around here, by the way.
0: Cuck queens and cuckolds y'all themselves. Know. We we enjoy big both.
1: Fans. Um so especially because of that, where that was the instance. Um, I mean, y'all know us, we're big fans of the why anyway, right? Like, always you to get to your why. Yeah. Um, you need to understand why something is changing or happening. But especially in that kind of scenario where, like, that was the dynamic, you really need to look at, well, why does he suddenly want to stop sharing? Why does my partner suddenly want me to change my behavior that they were okay with until just now? What's going on? What brought out that insecurity why are they feeling that insecurity because that's what it comes down to is there's a level of insecurity there and that's not to you know throw shade or yeah. degrade it, anybody
0: insecurity is not inherently a bad thing it's how you deal with that yeah. in your relationship that's going to make it a positive or a negative
1: it's totally normal it absolutely happens like everybody feels uh you know everybody feels some kind of way at some point or another it's totally normal and natural so like Uh, it's just, it's one of those things where you have to understand what's going on with them and understand why this change is occurring before you can really move forward. Because without understanding that why, you're not going to be able to even find a solution.
0: And I I both love and hate that that's the base of a lot of the answers that we give to these questions is because, you know, you really do need to understand your motivations Mm -hmm. and what's important to you. And your partner needs to understand that as well about themselves and then what you you know both want from the relationship. Yeah. But I think it's so important that we say that because so many people don't practice that sort of self-reflection on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. So they just do. They just react with no understanding of why they're making the decisions that they make exactly. or why they're feelings, feeling the feelings. That they're feeling, I'm going to say feeling one more time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean... But that was a good question. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's it's just one of those things, you know. I mean, the cheat code to every answer, right? Like our, our, general, our general rule to everything is understand why. Because once you understand that why, then you can break down and get on to whatever the next solution is gonna be like the that's the key to understanding any and every problem basically
0: right so thank you for that question yeah. uh our TikToky live folks let's get into the tough questions that we've been getting by email because we've been answering a lot of them lately and you know they've been showing up in the email they've been showing up on our TikTok videos and some of them are really good and there's no way for us to answer yes or no or a or b because there's so much complexity yeah. and nuance to a lot of these scenarios. Twin, you want to kick us off on the on the first one about somebody going out of town? Because that was a good question.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I Ashlyn. I don't want us to
0: get caught up in the lie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Ashlyn recently, she is one of our frequent flyers in our comment section Discord, I believe, too. Happy we be like Ashlyn. Her. Hi, sweetie. Uh, we, 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 we like her. Um, Ashlyn recently made a comment left a comment asking a question and we kind of spoofed on it, but we wanted to actually go in and answer that a little more in depth. And her question was, you know, that in a triad, when one person is going out of town and the other two are staying home, you know, what are some rules that they should follow and how should everybody behave? And, you know, we kind of made it a quick, like funny, silly video. Um, but, (laughs) <laughs> Poor Todd, I'm so sorry. This, this
0: is the most Todd has ever have has Todd has ever been involved in our recording. She's up there just like going to town on her toys and
1: playing with a toy that she never really messes with. Yeah,
0: so and one that dings too. Yeah. Like she had to wait till we pressed record, of course, to play with the one that makes any noise. Right. But this is why we're all acolytes at the temple of Todd. Exactly. Buy our merch.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> so as I was saying, uh, she asked the question of you know like. When somebody goes out of town, what are some rules they should follow, et cetera, and so forth, right? But the thing is, is like we said in the video, nobody can tell you what to do. Like, nobody can tell you who to, or how to behave. Nobody can tell you what to do with your body, right? Like, I'm I'm am sorry. The the comments right now are a little yeah
0: distracting. yeah. Let's not pay attention to the comments for a moment. But I think what because you and I kind of discussed this a little bit before we hopped onto the recording is you know we and we talked about this in last week's episode when we talked about boundaries, agreements, and rules. Only you and your partners within your polycule can really define what is okay and what is not okay for your relationship. So for us in general to say, all right, if one partner goes out of town and the other two stay, you can do this and you can't do that is slightly disingenuous Mm -hmm. because while that may be a good agreement or rule – In our polycule, it may not work for other polycules.
1: Exactly. And, you know, one of the points we made in that video, and it is one we will scream from the rafters until we're blue in the face, is that, you know, nobody gets to tell you what you can or cannot do with your body. Laws aside. Mm.
0: Yeah, thanks, Supreme Court. Mm. The news that came out today really sucked. Continue, twin. (laughs) Mm.
1: Nobody, nobody, nobody gets to tell you what you can and cannot do with your body in a relationship. Put it that way. They can only tell you what you can do with their body. Like, my boundaries end where my direct control ends. And the only thing that I have direct control over is what I do with my body or what I allow to be done with my body.
0: That's a great point. And I've I've, I've been saying something similar for years, literally years before TikTok, years before the podcast. You have control over two things in this world, who you are and what you do. Everything else is outside of your direct control. It's under your direct sphere of influence but you don't have control over another person. So specifically in the example of a triad, this is a you know three-way relationship, a, a polycule between three humans. And so all of the agreements and the rules about what you can and can't do in that relationship are going to be made up by those three people about what is acceptable for them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Crafty crafty Little Devil and Massey Kiss are both making really good points in the comments right now. Um, that boundaries are absolutely subjective insofar as, like, to each person and relationship. Um, you know, like, my boundaries, our bound, my boundaries for myself are not the same boundaries that Tyr has for himself. Right. And they're not the same boundaries that we, like we have different boundaries for our relationship than we would put on for somebody else's. Does that make sense? Right. Or and, that and somebody else would have for theirs. Yeah.
0: There and, and like we said last week in last week's episode, boundaries are for you. Agreements and rules are for your relationships and for your polycules. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boundaries are for your personal self. It's things you will and will not do, mm-hmm. things you will and will not accept. And just like everybody in the comments is saying, it is entirely subjective because no two people are going to think the same and feel the same about every particular scenario. So like, let's kind of take this example and put it to us, you mm-hmm. know, twin. So say that we, had, we don't currently have another live-in partner. We don't have a triad polycule. But if we did... Say we had a uh, another partner that lived with us in our house, was a nesting partner with us, and you went out of town. What would be some examples of our personal agreements or rules about that triad? Because we've kind of had this discussion a little bit. This is the stuff that we lay awake in bed at like 2 in the morning and talk about. We talk about our relationship. We talk about potential scenarios because mm-hmm. we're the type of... um relationship where we want to have a good understanding of how the other one feels and thinks so when a scenario pops up and you know when a situation pops up Mm -hmm. we already know what the ground rules for our relationship are going to be or
1: at least like a a lay yeah yeah
0: yeah. like we have a, a better idea of how it's gonna go
1: yeah so for me like okay so in that particular scenario right like we have a triad one of us is going out of town and you know like, even without the triad, this is sort of our general rule anyway, and it's it's a good example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tyr and I are what's called fluid-bonded, right? Like, we have swapped fluids. It's exactly what it sounds like.
0: Often and enthusiastically. <laughs> yeah, yeah!
1: So we have a standing rule in our relationship that if either of us were to go and shenanigan with... <laughs> yeah, I said it. Uh, with... Another partner outside of ourselves, right? Like, just the two of us. If one or the other of us is going to go and shenanigate with a third or fourth or 15th partner, we do not fluid bond again until there has been a test taken and we know each other's STI status.
0: We're all about keeping everyone involved in the polycule, even if they're a comet, healthy, safe, and informed.
1: Exactly. Like, and it's not even, you know, and, and for the record, I do not, you as a, like, if I were to, and I think I said this in last week's episode, I'm going to reiterate it again. Yeah. If Tier were to go and shenanigate with somebody, I do not, as his wife, have a right to demand to know their STI status. Their medical information is their business because I'm not shenanigating with them myself like if i am not directly involved with their bits i don't have any right to know any information about their bits
0: absolutely
1: so i have a right to know my husband's bits because his bits are hopefully connecting with my bits hey high five you're welcome (laughs) so i have a right to know about what's going on with his but that's where that ends does that make sense
0: yeah and and i think for me you know another scenario that we've kind of talked about and It's funny, before we were even in a committed relationship, and this was long before we got married. I mean, long is relative for our relationship. Man, Todd's going ham over there. But long before we got married, we talked about like, look, we are enthusiastic about the other person having any sort of emotional, physical, or intimate relationship with other people. We both Definitely feel cursion on a deep level. But one of our agreements for our relationship is prior to that happening, we need to discuss that with each other. Mm-hmm. And obviously there is some leeway there. Like yeah. if you go out and you're know, having a great night out on the town and, and things are happening and you're, you know, gonna make you out make with it. somebody, right? And you're gonna make out with somebody in an alleyway in New Orleans, which is amazing, by the way. Um, you know, you call and you discuss it with your partner or first. Shoot me a text. Right. And I'm
1: pretty lenient as a general rule. Yeah.
0: Well, and that one we, we've actually put to the test before. Yeah. And this was before we were in a committed relationship. Literally, got a text from Twin saying, hey, there's this person here. And I'm starting to feel a little bit squirrely and I'm very excited and yada yada. How do you feel if X, Y, and Z? So, you know, there's enough leeway there for us to go, yep, as long as we're, you know, talking to each other, keeping those lines of communication, and trying to do it prior to anything happening, we're good. Obviously, being open and flexible enough to know sometimes shit just happens. But that honesty and that transparency always needs to be there.
1: Yeah, we as a general rule for our relationship, because again, like, Rules need not be hard, fast, and in stone, right? As a general rule, we have a basic, like, you know, let me know what's going on ahead of time kind of situation. Right. But we, because we trust each other, and this is because of our level of trust in each other, we also have a, you know, like, yeah, let me know ahead of time. But, like, if something happens and you don't have, like, and you forget to tell me, especially in my case because I'm squirrely as shit... Like shut up. Then then we at least fill each other in like afterward as soon as possible. You know, like and it's because we know
0: we had that scenario too, like where where we filled each other in immediately after. We're like, hey, didn't have time to call you or text you. This is going on. This just happened. How are we feeling? And literally the conversation was great because there was a little bit of anxiety on the person that did the calling, but other than that it was like no no we're we're cool baby we're we're all gravy over here so yeah. and i think it it just comes down to another point that we always make any relationship you're in whether it's a polyamorous one an ethically non-monogamous one or a monogamous one you need to if you want a healthy relationship have a deep understanding of who your partner is what's important to them, and the way in which they communicate and love. Because if you understand your partner on a deeper level, you have a little bit more flexibility in your thinking when things go wrong and when things go right. Yeah. And I think that's been very, very important for us. We have a fundamentally deep understanding of the other.
1: Well, and it's important to, when you're getting into a polyamorous relationship, to understand You know, what's important to your partner or partners, like to each person, which, you know, and this goes into establishing those boundaries and rules and agreements is you need to understand what is important to each individual person in the relationship. Like, for me, the emotional connection that I have with my spouse is the most important part for me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> someone just called me markiplier on the stream uh i think you mean kinkiplier it is continue kinkiplier.
1: yeah he's, he's markiplier's <laughs> older brother yeah um not really it's all a joke
0: i um, love how we have to always explain that to people like i get DMs still and they're like oh my god i love you and your brother's content i'm like he's not actually my brother <laughs> you also
1: just got called darth vader
0: yes, like yes. um come to the kinky sound <laughs> we have whips, chains and snacks.
1: I was going to make <laughs> I'll let the hate flow through you, but that's palpatine.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that's a emperor yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, continue.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's important to understand what's important to each partner and, you know, and that comes down to everybody taking uh personal responsibility for their actions, their behaviors, their contributions to the relationship, things like that. Like you need to um take (laughs) sorry jake's in the comments
0: now oh hey it's jake
1: Avery daddy look
0: look this is this is this is one of the things that we haven't had to deal with a lot lately because generally when we do lives we like halfway pay attention to the comments and we're still paying attention to the uh the uh podcast itself but like we're all over the place so um this will be the first time i name drop. On on the podcast, but hey Shane, can you stop texting us, please? It <laughs> pops it pops up on four different screens, and we're trying to stay in one lane. God damn it, Shane, my SA wifey, I love you. So All right, nice continue.
1: But as you we were saying, so personal responsibility. <laughs>
0: Knock it off, Shane. <laughs>
1: So it's important to take personal responsibility when you're in the relationship to, you know, own what you bring to the relationship, what you're adding to it. You know, it's, you need to understand your own level of responsibility in the relationship before you have any say in what other people's personal responsibility needs to be. You know, I hold, for example, I hold Tier responsible for ensuring that he you know, uh, uses protection, for example, right? Like I hold him responsible for that. And that's an okay expectation. Like that's a perfectly reasonable expectation, you know, but it's also my responsibility to ensure that like, if he comes back and says, well, you know, I forgot, you know, it of the moment. I forgot to grab, you know, protection. Okay. That's fine. You know, in our case for us, that's, that may not be the case for you, and that's okay, too. But for us, if he were to, say, forget to use protection, okay, not a big deal, not a crisis. It is then my responsibility to ensure that I go and get tested and that he gets tested right. and that we are as safe as possible after that. Does it's, that make sense?
0: Exactly. Okay. And, and you know, And because I'm seeing this in the live comments as well— I still believe that most people who don't have experience with ethical non-monogamy or polyamory have a fundamental misunderstanding of what it is to both an individual and to a polycule. Like, we've got people in the comments right now just asking some extremely disrespectful questions, but fundamentally misunderstanding what polyamory is. And that's okay. And it's half of the reason why we do this podcast and why we make videos on the interwebs to help educate and normalize types of ethical non-monogamy so that people have a good understanding of it. Because, again, a, a lot of the things that we get is, oh, it's all about sex and it's all about this. Mm-hmm. My man or my person, you misunderstand what we're talking about, and that's okay. We are here to educate you in the classiest, sassiest of ways because <laughs> that's what we do, right? Exactly. And and this is exactly why I wanted us to do an episode, why we both wanted to do an episode on these tough questions because many of them come from established polycules, and they need some help and some guidance and some perspective, but so many of them come from people that don't understand what it is, right. and they're just out there screaming into the void, which I'm a fan of, as we currently scream into the void. So,
1: Ooh. Well, and this goes back to, I just wanted to quickly touch on a comment from Andrew, because uh, you talk more on reasonable expectations to hold partners to. That kind of ties into what we were just saying about the personal responsibility. There's no set reasonable expectation. What's reasonable for us may not be reasonable for you in your relationship. You have to decide where your boundaries are, and only you can do that. So like I would love to be able to tell you like, "Oh, here's some good ones, blah blah blah," but like it really comes down to what are you comfortable with? What is important to you? Um what is a boundary or something that you think would be um a problem for you. You know, does that, does that make sense? Um, And then you can go from there. Like only you can decide. I could give you like some basic examples, like, you know, getting tested after interacting, after fluid bonding with anybody, you know, making sure that you're communicating your STI status, things like that. Um, My general, like broadest advice would be Think about what's going to directly impact you, your health, safety, and well-being, and what's going to impact your partner's health, safety, and well-being, that is always a good place to start when you're trying to figure out what are reasonable expectations for you in your relationship. And that I think is probably like as basic and broad as I can get it. And I know that's not much. No,
0: it's, it's very (laughs) helpful. Well, and that's the thing too, is we get questions a lot specifically on, on some of our videos about, you know, I want this in my relationship. Is that asking too much? And it's not asking too much because if it's important to you and it's a personal boundary, then that is what you are seeking in your relationship or relationships. And so, you know, if this is why people that are like, oh, my standards are too high. No, fuck that, man. Keep those standards so high that only the people that are worthy of your love and affection can meet those standards Mm -hmm. and be in that relationship with you. We do not fuck around with mediocre people, no matter who they are. So if you have high standards and you think they are impossible for someone to meet, fucking keep those. Because both Twin and I had that same thought. We have high standards and nobody's ever gonna meet them. And then we met partner or partners who just gleefully skipped right over those minimum requirements and kept going.
1: Yeah. Well, and speaking of mediocrity, uh, that brings me to some a comment that was left not too long ago um, that also ties into the personal responsibility conversation we're having here, right? But, you know, one of the things that a lot of people set as a rule for their relationship that we firmly, vehemently place into the mediocre bullshit behavior category is what's called an OPP or uh, a one... Um, since we're live on TikTok, I have to filter, but a one p
0: pen-15 policy. Yeah. Throwback to middle school days. Yeah.
1: Um, how do you deal with family and friends that tell your standards are too high? Deal with them. Tell them they're not the ones in charge of you.
0: Boom. <laughs> that
1: was, was an easy sidebar.
0: Okay. Um, the one-penis policy. Yeah,
1: one-penis policy is firmly in the category of uh, mediocre bullshit. We do not do one penis policies as a general rule um and that's because most not all i'm speaking generally not everything on the internet is directed at you personally sarah, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: dad, and sarah. dad and sarah we gotta pick a different one than sarah because we like uh atomic sarah oh yeah yeah, yeah we gotta and and artemis i sing. need
1: to go back to Haley, hehe, or something whatever
0: what it was. Haley?
1: No, 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 no. So I, um, there's like the whole millennial joke about people having like I G H. Oh, like oh. Fifteen times. Yeah. So like, I mine was Haley, <laughs> or whatever the fuck you know. Usually. We
0: we love a Kaylee, but we can't fuck around with a Haley with an E I G H. Yeah. We just can't.
1: So I always like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and especially because I did German for so long, like I always read it as, <laughs> so
0: I. That's yeah. The sound it makes that's, all right. That's
1: my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, so
0: Chad and Haley,
1: Chad and Haley. Um, where was I?
0: She lost, she lost the train y'all. Oh
1: God. thought the There were no survivors.
0: We're talking about mediocrity and one penis policy. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, um, most OPP, um, come from a place of insecurity on the man's part or on the male presenting person, the person with the male anatomy, uh, It is usually because they are very insecure about what they've got going or what they're bringing to the table. That's your problem. Fucking deal with it, Chad.
0: Don't make it your partner's problem.
1: Yeah, don't make it your partner's problem. Now, if you as the other person decide that that one peen is the one that you want and you're cool with that, cool. Awesome. Love that for you. We're not talking to you. Moving on. If however you have a partner and I've, I'm saying this as somebody who has been in this situation before and dealt with the consequences if you have a partner that is trying to enforce a one an OPP on you as part of what you can do with your body, they are now controlling or trying to control what you do with your body. That's not okay. Period, full stop, end of discussion. Yeah,
0: you don't get to control anybody else in this world. Right. You just do not.
1: But by that same token, if you agree to an OPP, you are then responsible for having agreed to an OPP. So like, nah. And somebody left a comment stating recently that OPP is just an excuse to cheat and that's not true like it's it's just not like i you like cheating inherently is um lying it is deceit it Mm. is you know like i'm gonna go behind your back
0: but the one peen policy is control yeah it's not cheating yeah you're just being controlling.
1: Yeah, and and it's if you agree to an OPP like and your other person is shenanigating with whomever then like they're they're not cheating. What? Like by nature. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know.
0: And my elder millennial soul every time you say OPP, I go straight back to the naughty by nature song. Oh I'm like, God. "Yeah, you know me." I but that. We're, we're coming up on some time here. So we've got time for one more email question that we got. And then we'll take one more question from a Le Tiki Taki live audience. So audience, if you've got a question in there, throw it in there. Twin will pick the one that she wants to answer. But one we recently got um, was, how do you deal with feelings of weariness and mistrust around large feelings from one of your partners? So in an example that they gave was... One of their partners struggles with abandonment issues. Woof. How do you deal with that and and to me it, it comes back first to properly vetting your partners because we all have trauma right we're all dealing with something in our past or in our present that we're either trying to work through get better or we're ignoring completely so that's one of the conversations you need to have when you're vetting a new potential partner is you know what are they currently dealing with where are they at on their mental health journey are there things that are triggering to them are there things that are traumatic to them because if you have a good understanding of what that is and you're still in it with this person and you're down to have a relationship you're going to approach problem solving when they get triggered In a much different way than if you've just seen this for the first time. Like if you're three months into a relationship with somebody and this comes out and you get hit with it out of nowhere, you might not know how to deal with it. If you've appropriately vetted your partner, you know where that trauma comes from. You know where those feelings come from for the most part. And you're much more likely to work through it with them than to negatively react About whatever was triggering or
1: traumatic. Right. Well, and, you know, that comes down to, you know, finding out who your partner is. And, more importantly, your partner finding out who they are as an individual person, right? Like, we, for example, we, in our relationship in two years together almost, have both triggered each other, triggered ourselves, and then also found things... That we didn't realize were triggers. Surprise!
0: (laughs) It's a trap. (laughs) Right? Exactly.
1: You know, just like surprise, motherfucker. Like you know,
0: Star Wars reference number two. It's a trap.
1: It's a trap. Like we, like things are gonna happen, especially, especially. Oh, I love you all so much. Our babies out there with abandonment trauma, because hi, hello, I am amongst you. Um, I, I am the walking definition of abandonment (laughs) my therapist can sign off on you
0: you do you do have some abandonment issues but that's something that we discussed Mm -hmm. very very early on and in fact the first time we met in person it was a week before we had planned to meet in person because i accidentally triggered that now if you go back and you listen to our very first episode um as well as our second episode of this podcast we talk a little bit about that scenario But, like, that one was one we knew about. But, like Twin said, we've had other surprises pop up that we didn't even know were traumas or triggers for us.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) shit, I can think of at least four situations. I'll spare you all the gory details. But, yeah, I can think of at least four or five situations where we've done that. Um, But that also, again, comes back to that personal responsibility, right? Like, I, as the person with the trauma, with the triggers, who, for the most part knows where my sore spots are, where my, you know, fuck it buttons are kind of thing. As the person who knows that about myself and who has, importantly, this is like a, a, an important little note here, as the person who has done the work to understand where and what my triggers are, which is very critical if you want a healthy relationship, not only with other people, but with yourself. If you know yourself well enough to know, hey, this is upsetting for me, then, like we've said in videos in the past, you have a responsibility to tell that other partner, hey, this is a thing. You know, uh, it goes back to one of the videos we made recently where, like, you know, if you have a mental health condition or you have something going on with you that could directly impact your partner, you need to tell them. Like, as soon as you realize that that's going to impact their life and their relationship with them, they need to know about it. They should know about it. How you tell them and when you tell them, that's entirely up to you. I can't tell you when is right, you know. That's entirely between the two of you or however many of you, right? But it is important that you have that conversation and understand what's going on. Because if you don't communicate, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot.
0: Absolutely, and our friend, moderator, and found family member Alisa made a great comment. It can be so disparaging when a partner reacts negatively or doesn't respond at all.
1: That's an afford- that's a form of emotional neglect.
0: It is. Well, and and this is why, especially when you're vetting someone for a polyamorous relationship or any type of relationship, one of the best questions, and I have no idea who first said this or where we first heard it, but I love it so much, is how do you like to be supported when you're going through it, when you're feeling big feelings or you're struggling? And it's one of those things that Twin and I do often, because, you know, we all go through down days or off days or days where we're just feeling kind of meh. And one of the things that we both do for each other that I love is ask, you know, we we listen to those feelings if they want to talk, but then ask, how best can I support you today? So it, to me, it's imperative personally to have a partner that is willing to be supportive on those days that I'm going through it.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I just wanted to really quickly mention. Andrew asked a good question in the comments here. Um, they asked, "What do you think about OVP or one fem, right? Uh, you know, vagina wielder situations?"
0: I feel same, like we should be able to say vagina on on TikTok. We
1: should, but I yeah. never know.
0: Fucking TikTok.
1: Um, I, same thing. You know, is the same thing as a one penis policy. Anytime you are trying to control who and what your partner interacts with. And you aren't like if it's not your body, you don't get to say what that person can do with it. Your your entitlement only your entitlement ends where your body ends.
0: Right, and, and for clarity, if you yourself only want to have one partner and institute your own personal boundary of a one peen policy or one vagina policy, that's fair. But that's not what we're talking about 99.9% of the time yeah. that we see these things come up. It's always done in a controlling manner. Right. And we're not down for that.
1: Yeah. But... I think that's about time,
0: babe. Yeah, I I feel like this week's episode was great because we're we're getting a lot of those tough questions now and ones that require more than just a 60-second response on TikTok, which is why we do these episodes. We want to dive in deep to the complexity. We want to dive in deep to the nuance because both Twin and I are lovers of people and we want people to have a better understanding of what polyamory or ethical non-monogamy is.
1: Exactly. That's what we're here for. Yeah, I have nothing else to ask. And, for that, and, <laughs> and to take
0: over, and to take over the interwebs. Exactly. We, we do that on occasion as well.
1: Yeah. But to all of my people in the TikTok comments, hi, hello. We will be hanging out with you guys for a few more minutes because uh, I see there's still a few more questions, and I do still want to like engage with y'all. For yeah. the most part, y'all are behaving pretty cool.
0: So if you're a podcast listener, yeah. know that you're kind of missing out once in a while if you don't hop into our TikTok lives. <laughs> Because we record these episodes and then we open it up just for regular questions and comments and things like that. So feel free to follow us everywhere. And where are you on the interwebs, oh, Twin?
1: Yeah. Hi, hello. My name is Twin Peaks. You can find me at Instagram. At Instagram? On Instagram. There we go. You can find me on Instagram at Twen underscore Peaks. That is T W E N underscore P E E K S. Um, I am also on Unfiltered. Now.
0: Unfiltered, shout out, Unfiltered.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sex workers, by sex workers. We have a big fan. Yeah. Love them. And, um,
0: yeah. and, and TikTok at Spicier Than Therapy.
1: Hello, yes. And, and un, also on YouTube. How oh, that's right. You?
0: I always forget we have a YouTube. We need to upload more videos there.
1: I mean, we do, but like,
0: yeah. yeah. Look, look. Here's here's also the thing. If you have questions, email us at spicierthantherapy at gmail dot com. But also, if you are a professional video editor that wants to help a smaller artist, uh, shoot us an email at spicierthantherapy at gmail dot com, and we can talk about maybe a paid employment position to edit some of our YouTube shit because we're getting to that point where uh, we're gonna do that yeah. soonish.
1: We're going to so, be expanding hopefully soon. Fingers yeah, Fingers yeah, yeah,
0: Fingers yeah it's going to be great. So, do your uh, my babies, my darlings thing. Yeah, because yeah, I love that. I love
1: that. <laughs> all right, everybody. My babies, my darlings, my loves. Just remember be good to yourself, be good to others, give yourself grace, love, and patience.
0: And above all else, go out and do some dope shit.
1: Goodbye.